what we could build here was not just a product that we sell you to solve your sleep problems, but that we could completely redefine what you expect of your bed and what your hours of sleep could give you in your life. That is Alexandra Zatarain team and you are listening to the Epi Table podcast. Welcome back legends. Let me open up this episode with a question to you. How important is sleep to you? Now it's a very open-ended question because the obvious one is like, oh, it's really important. Particularly over the last two and a half years, we've learned about the value of sleep, whether it be through the constant media attention around wearable technology, such as Whoop and Aura, just crushing it, or just having more time due to the fact that COVID kept us home and we didn't have to get up out of bed as early, or we could actually just kind of focus on our health a little bit more. I mean, that's kind of a good thing. But what's interesting is how much we still don't actually apply the knowledge that we've you know, kind of been taught. And that's why I'm excited to have Alexandra on the show today. So she is the co-founder of Aid Sleep, a sleep fitness brand. Not only is she a Forbes 30 under lister, but at the same year spoke at the Forbes Summit on the topics of longevity, sleep, and technology. Before she was at eight sleep, she had an applied market experience through various startups. She went to Georgetown, she was born in California, went through university through Mexico, and even at the University of Miami, which you're about to find out. Now, in today's discussion, we go over a number of topics around how to apply the quantifiable data to your nightly routine, specifically around how her product with her team has definitely changed the game on understanding the respective biomarkers and how even the simple task of a vibration can wake you up at the right time, adjusting your cooling mechanism, how bio-individuality plays its role. You also reference professionals in the sporting world, particularly in Formula One, who use eight sleep to help really get them most optimized for their performance. You guys know how I like to merge performance with all aspects of health and wellness. So, you know, in this case, we're using sleep. Obviously, I love talking about food, which definitely touched upon in general. But if you're a Formula One driver where reaction time, ability to coordinate and just be focused in general is the difference between, you know, first and maybe 20th, (laughs) you would think sleep becomes a pretty important parameter when it comes to your health. Yep, pretty cool to hear something started as a crowdfunding initiative is turning into the category that is defining sleep fitness. Now, you, my Epitable listeners, do love this space of performance and getting the edge, so I definitely know you're going to love this show. So whilst this episode is all about sleep, one thing that we do know is that sleep is affected by what we put inside of our mouths, and that's where the Charlie Street chorizo and bolognese come in. No, we have not done studies that relate the benefits of sleep with Charlie Street chorizo and bolognese. What we have done studies on is how awesome it tastes and how simple it is to cook. So if you're looking to add some plants to your everyday, maybe you've got a stir fry you want to add some chorizo into or bolognese into in general, maybe you want to keep it plant-based, whatever it is, these are items for you. As I said, tastes epic, unbelievable if we say so ourselves. They're also cook in seconds. You can hold them frozen and go straight into the pan, still cook in seconds. And they're made entirely out of whole foods. So I want to make this clear. When you've got you've got plant-based, there's a lot of things that can be plant-based in general that can still be not good for you. But when they're made out of existingly just vegetables, you're pretty solid. You know what I mean? So Charlie's chorizo is made out of predominantly mushrooms. We've got cauliflower in there, shallots. We've got spices, herbs. So chorizo and bolognese both have the base ingredients. And then we simply just adjust the flavorings through the dried herbs and wonderful spices that we have access to. So if you want to pick up these wonderful things that with each serving has 13 grams of protein, it helps you cook Honestly, it really does because you come out like a queen or a king respectfully after you add them to your meal. And all you have to do is go to charliestreet.com, go to the products page, and you can use your code DAN15 to pick up your product which ships right throughout the United States. If you want to, you can go to Amazon. We now ship nationally across Amazon. If you do pick up a product, do us a favor and leave a review because that helps us as we continue to grow. We've got some pretty exciting announcements when it comes to chorizo and bolognese from Charlie Street. We've also got some other SKUs coming away early next year, so stay tuned for that. All right, Alex, time to get you talking all things awesome and sleep. Alexandra Zatarain, welcome to the Epi Table podcast. Yes, I'm happy to be here. 
Mate, it was, I, I must, uh, I've got to admit, as I said, in the introduction, when you and I get into, you know, had that conversation before we hit the record button, I did admittedly ask how to pronounce your last name. So you said I did it correctly based on the English, how English vocabulary is and pronunciation is. How do you actually pronounce your last name? So I'm from Mexico, so I obviously pronounce it in Spanish, which is my first language. So I say Satarain. Zatarain, awesome. And that's a great little segue because I want to learn about Mexico when you first moved to the States um, and really get a bit more about your story before we get into eight sleep. So yeah, let's uh, let's tick things off. Where were you born? I was actually born in California, so on the other side of the border. Oh. I grew up in Tijuana, which is a border town in Mexico, very much what a border town means. I think that there's the the epitome of it and border culture really is Tijuana all around the world. Uh, we are so close to the United States. Like you can really see it from one side to the other. Um, the cities are, are really just sisters. So I grew up in Cal. I, I grew up in Tijuana. I was born in California, which means my parents gave me the amazing gift of being an American citizen uh, from the get go. And I always knew because of that, that I eventually wanted to move to the U.S. and just make my career here. And I was so exposed to American culture from growing up in that in that border town where you turn on your radio and over the air signals are American uh, radio stations. And same goes for television and obviously media and everything. So um, there's this sort of duality in the culture in, in a place like that where you are Mexican in your traditions and in my family and, and all my heritage. But you also get very much influenced by what's happening in the United States. Yeah, look, not going to lie, you may have been border, like touching the border, but uh, and probably definitely more influenced because just, you know, radially right close there. But being in Australia, I know my friends talk about it in even Canada and the UK, uh, there's just a natural aura about America. And like whether you're watching movies, shows, like honestly, most of our shows from <laughs> in the afternoon were all American anyway. Yeah. So, which I'm sure you can attest to. Yeah. So we're all fascinated by this awesome opportunity that is America. Obviously, the culture itself is just is is epic. Um, so when did you actually move here? Was it a college decision or is it before that? It was after college. So I was definitely hesitant when I was in, in high school, if, whether I wanted to go to an American college or just go to Mexico. And because I did my whole sort of base schooling in, in Mexico, it was going to take me a little bit longer to get to college in the United States and a lot of testing and sort of certification of, of all of my classes and things like that. And I was just impatient. I said, no, I'm just going to go to college in Mexico, and then I'll figure it out afterwards, got a scholarship in, in one of the best universities in Mexico, moved out of my home. Um, so when I was right before I turned 18, I moved out of my parents' home in Tijuana, I moved to Monterrey in Mexico and went to school there. So I didn't move to the US until afterwards. I did do a year of school, of college in the US. So that was a time when I moved to Miami, where I also live now. And I went to the University of Miami for a year. It was such an amazing experience. Uh, and that's where I met my my now husband and co-founder while I was living here, and he was just on vacation. Um, then I did a summer at Georgetown, and you know after that I'm like, okay, I'm convinced. Like I definitely want to move to the states. I want to start my career here. Uh, went back to finish college, graduated, and moved to New York. So I've moved around quite a bit. Yeah, it's awesome though because you can really start to see how some of these pieces come together, particularly. Particularly, like you know, we're going to get to, but you're you're incredibly smart. Like all people have to do is listen to you, and you are just a genius. So we we will get to that. Uh, curious as to how like, I'm just actually I'm always interested in this because being an Australian myself, and you know, having a visa here, our visa situation is is different to uh, like every other country has an independent one anyway. So what, what was your visa situation? Did you have to get a job uh, to sponsor you as a H? one B or something like that to get you over here? No, because I was born in the US and so I'm a citizen. And oh, so that made everything so much easier. Yeah, that's why I always say like, oh. like probably the best gift my parents gave to me and my siblings is that decision mm. to to have us be born here and uh it changed everything. Like I just think from from when you're a kid you just think, well there's this possibility. So why am I not gonna take it? Yeah, look take advantage of that. It's I we we Amongst my friends, we always say, especially when someone's going to do their visa run. So every two years, you got the E3, the um, is very notorious with Australians, and you got all the other ones. Um, and every single time someone's going to do their visa run, they get their visa. You're like, it's almost like another. You don't need another excuse to have a party in New York City, <laughs> but it is absolutely an opportunity because 
it means so much. It's like yeah. getting that visa, even if you're making no money, is all you need because there's just opportunity whatever industry you want to be a part of. But this this podcast is not about visa, so we can talk more <laughs> about that on another show. But, but you're so um, right on okay. opportunity. Like I do think there's something I was reading mm. yesterday on Twitter um, Marcelo Clor, who is, um, an amazing entrepreneur also from, he's from Bolivia, uh, so for a, a Latin American entrepreneur. And, um, he was saying something around the fact that talent and, and hard work are everywhere, but opportunities are not right. And so I, I always think about just the journey of anyone who has to go somewhere else in the world to make their dreams happen. And especially when you have to deal with immigration policies, making it harder for you, it's like just something to be really, uh, to admire in others that put themselves through, through that process because it means so much even just to, to leave your country is enough and then to have to go through all of the legalities makes it even harder. Yeah, don't get a start on every single time we come through border border security through that airport where you just you, you don't. It's like it's the weirdest feeling because you know you're fine, but you still get nervous because you yeah. hear stories of just things. It's just anyway. It is it is something that uh, if you are having the possibility of living and working um, in this country that you should be grateful for. And for those of you who w- want to get here, if you are someone who is just driven and passionate to be doing something in this space in the United States. You can do it. It does take a lot of hard work, but there's always an opportunity. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave I'll leave it at that. But you you did go to some pretty amazing schools. You, you am, incredible school. Uh, Georgetown, amazing school. And then you finished back off in Mexico before moving over. What was your degree? Was your degree at Georgetown a postgrad or was it part of the undergrad that you also did at UM? It was part of undergrad, actually. So I did a degree, uh, my, my bachelor's in communications. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Hence why you're able to raise money on a um, crowdfunding platform. But we'll get to that <laughs> later as well. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in a second. So where did this love of that eight hours were meant to be eight hours between night and day come from? Um, I, I, th- I know the answer, but I'm just generally curious is like, it's it's actually funny because having love for someone else and you know feeling someone else, you obviously want to look, you know, take care of and look after them. But having Mateo himself having these issues, like, was it really something like that you thought there was going to be a problem solving situation right from the get go? And I'll let you lead on what I've kind of obviously teased from that question. Yeah. So where it started was with Mateo, as as you mentioned. So Mateo is, is my my husband, my co founder. We've been together for a very long time, and when he started looking into the the sleep space or the sleep industry, it's because he was having his own troubles with sleep. And as he started sort of just digging through what were the products that were out there to actually help us sleep better, he realized there was a gap. Uh, There were, you know, mattress and bedding companies that do great. They're great at what they do, right? That's comfort, but comfort's not enough to give you a good night's sleep. And there were like, at the time, very early versions of wearables. This was maybe like 2013, right? So a lot of the amazing companies that exist today were not really out there uh, widely available yet. Um, And those uh, wearables, just like the ones of of nowadays, they only give you data. So that's only so much that they can do for you. And then there's the pharmaceuticals. And so he just had this realization that there was an opportunity to build, to really use technology to build solutions. How do we actually help people sleep better? And he became obsessed with that. He started talking to different sleep doctors. He had friends who are athletes and would introduce him to the people. They were sort of like their performance coaches or their sleep doctors. He has the specific story of a friend who sails around the world alone and these sailors need to train themselves to sleep in intervals of 15 minutes because they cannot leave the boat unattended for too long or you know they can die they can have an accident and die so um that's like a pretty unique um in particular situation but it led Matteo to really start understanding the science of sleep and realize that there was maybe a lot of things that we could do to optimize it to give people not only a healthier and happier life but maybe eventually we could give you the same level of recovery you get today in eight hours but in six hours and that's sort of like one of the big visions that we have out there that we talk about very often and certainly for me when he was talking about all of these things and he would share with me and he was sort of coming obsessed they were interesting. Like I hadn't necessarily put two and two together and thought that this could be a great business. Um, But once we started understanding that the technology that we could build to address these sleep problems could also be used for other things around health, it really clicked for me because I realized that, that what we could build here was not just a product that we sell you to solve your sleep problems, but that we could completely redefine 
what you expect of your bed and what your hours of sleep could give you in your life. And that's sort of what we do now at Eight Sleep. There's it's it's a sleep improvement solution. People who sleep on our products see an improvement in their sleep quality of up to 32%. And that's clinically validated and they get more daytime energy and they get like 19% more deep sleep. Like there's just, there's all the data there that proves that what we've built in eight years, granted it's taking a long time, is really helping people sleep better. But then also we are over time get, setting a new expectation of what your bed should do for you, how you should be able to personalize your environment and that your bed can also become a health platform. And that is where I have really truly fallen in love with the whole thing of what we do here, because I think it's just so fun as a communicator, as a marketer to work in an industry defining company. Yeah. Okay. There's so many cool factors there. What you just finished off with as well is like being a part of something that's truly impactful to be able, like it, it is defining. I think you guys are this, this pivotal position where you've got all these wearable technology um, platforms doing some incredible things. Like we're now recording data more than ever. And, you know, that's a, you know, success to technology, um, people being open to obviously this space combination, honestly, of COVID allowing us to be more focused on our sleep and health admittedly as well. But with that being said, it's like the ability to action those and personalize, which we'll get into a second as well, is is really remarkable. And it's, it's a great way, as you said, to underline that principle of, of impact. Um, I do want to note, it is absolutely incredible that we have sailors out there who can be like dolphins, where they can shut off half their brain by the sounds of it and have the other half going <laughs> so that they can sleep whilst also, uh, you know, being around marine life and water. So can you just kind of like, I'm actually curious about that. I didn't even know that I, I, they, I've known friends. There's actually plenty of Australians who uh, solo navigate around the world. Uh, I think at one point we had the youngest uh, female to ever do so. Uh, so I'm just curious as to touch on sleeping uh, to obviously the obvious reasons of not <laughs> having any problems drastically falling asleep and uh, something happened to the boat, but how that looks and how that works and how Mateo you know, worked with sailors to do so. Yeah. So I don't know, obviously, all of the medical things behind it and how course, it yeah, scientifically yeah. works in the brain, because uh, over these years, I have yet to become a, a, a doctor, <laughs> doctor. But uh, what I find so interesting about it is that when you start looking into the different ways in which humans sleep, and the capabilities of different types of people, whether it is genetically determined or lifestyle determined, or even just by where they live and their exposure to the day being longer or shorter, right? And how all of these things actually gives us a very wide variety in terms of how we feel about our sleep, how much we feel like we need, how much we actually need in order to be healthy, right? And it just opened this Pandora box of, oh, wow, like everything we've learned about sleep to date has been studied with few subjects at a time. If you look at most sleep studies, they're conducted with, you know, less than 100 people. Like studies are expensive and it's hard to run them on a lot of people. Um, probably those people are not representative of the entire population of the world, right? A lot of times, you know, up until recently and a few decades ago, women were not uh, mandated to be included in studies of any kind. Um, and so it just, you, you wonder, like, do we really know everything about sleep? Or are we just at 10%? Which going back to what you were mentioning in this amazing point where we are in history, where we are tracking more data than ever about ourselves, it's not just in order for you to learn about what's happening in your body, but the potential for us to discover many more things about the human body, because we really are, it's like running a sleep study every day. Yeah, it's incredible. And you, you will talk, you talk a lot about the separate markers that, um, you know, eight sleep covers and, and, and whatnot. But just in general, I think as we learn more about the, as we learn more about these markers themselves and how maybe we've been working so inefficiently because of the, you know, the, 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 the main principle of not, not enough sleep or not having quality sleep of the hours we do give it, it's, amazing to think of what our actual potential truly is and i think that's where you know me in the food space i hear people i see people eat and i see people move and i'm like imagine if even like that either professional athlete or that everyday legend just change that one meal how much that could improve and it's 
probably a little bit harder from a data set. But in the world that you're in now, where you actually have the quantitative analysis to truly understand it, if we really understood just a simple mechanism of adjustment throughout the six to eight hours that we have, it could really unlock potential. And we're not having to be an athlete for that to be efficient. Like, uh, and we're going to break down the the term sleep fitness in a second. But like, I think that's so that's absolutely incredible to realize. It's like that uh, movie Limitless. Um, yes. where we we don't actually we haven't had that it's like the pill that we don't need to have because we're not unlocking it enough through our own uh sleep yeah you actually get to feel a little bit of that if you ever go for a period of time and my case even just one day is enough of sleep deprivation where like if you go for a period of time without enough sleep or without enough quality sleep you will feel the impact um uh, and Every time I go through that, I realize, wow, there's actually a lot of people in the world who this is how they are living every day. And because they have gotten used to this as their baseline, they think this is normal. But the the very first thing uh, Mateo actually uh, talks about when people ask, like, well, how can I get started on, like, trying to manage my sleep better? He says, just try a sleep stretch is the way he, he calls it. The sleep stretch is this concept that maybe for a week, maybe for five days, you sleep just one hour more every night. By the end of the week, you may have five to seven hours more. That's almost like a full night more of sleep, right? Um, try that. See how you feel. You're going to feel so much better if that sleep is, is obviously if you're able to sleep or not interrupted, that you're probably going to change the time you're allowing yourself to sleep every night. And we're sort of doing the opposite every day. People are just sleeping less and thinking that that's normal because that's how they feel every day. But you would feel probably limitless if you were taking care of your body the proper way consistently. Yeah, I think uh, one of the performance aspects I've talked about on this podcast before with, uh, I think it was Dr. Stephen Lockley, um, with respect to circadian rhythm and the effect of hormone disruption just due to lack of sleep. Like you look at leptin and ghrelin, which is you know, a, a hunger and uh, you know, satiety hormones. And just simply having insufficient sleep can lead to an extra 300 calories of overeating. Mm -hmm. So you look at that across a, a seven-day period, it's an extra day of eating that we've uh, added to the week. It's like eating, eating eight days for seven. Wow. So, you know, if you're, try, if you're trying to put on, put on some mass, that's awesome. But if you're not trying to put on mass, that's not too good. Yeah. And so um, I find that absolutely fascinating from obviously the general well-being and health aspect. But then there's the other side, as you just said, is like, well, we're going the opposite way. But imagine if we turned it a complete 180, what we could actually do. Yeah, there's a lot of potential. And, and I like your point of food, too, because um, I've experimented a lot of times, you know, for periods of the year, I'll, I'll put a CGM on myself. I work, uh, you know, mm. use the levels. That's my preferred company to, to just do all of that analysis of, on, on how I'm metabolizing different foods. And you realize also within the differences even between genders and age groups and even just, you know, Mateo and I live in the same household, we'll eat the same things, but we realize very quickly that we probably shouldn't uh, from portions to the actual components of every meal to the times of the day when we need to eat. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot to be discovered the more that we can gather data about each individual. Yeah. So by individuality, once again, plays this role. And this is uh I'm going to create a scenario for you because I feel like I'm going to speak on behalf of everyone who's a human <laughs> when I'm about to describe this to you. So it's seven o'clock on a Tuesday night. I've got a report or a marketing deck due the next day. Now I know I've got to get up for this workout the next day because if I don't, I'm going to absolutely be a pain in the ass to deal with throughout the day. I also know that I've got an event tomorrow night and that I'll also probably not get enough sleep because the next day I'm going to be having something else to get up for every day. So um, I'm actually describing my two weeks, the last couple of weeks, and it's a classic New York City situation. I don't know if it's the same everywhere else. And I'm someone who is an advocate for sleep. So I do find ways to sleep. Mind you, my HIV is just abnormal um, and it could be because my heart rate's so low. But for the average human, how do you quantify actually making a consistent uh, argument to having sleep for more than seven hours or having seven hours consistent sleep? Because we all know it's like, it's like not having the chocolate cake. Everyone knows it's probably not good to have that regularly. Yeah. But- it's very hard to not want to have it regularly or it's like, you know, 
It's it, we we know it's not good for us, but we still do it. Does that make sense? Yes, and and it's a great question because it's one of the principles in how we think about communicating our brand to the world is that we can't tell people to leave their devices out of the bedroom or not use their laptop past certain hour. Life is life. Like we're actually here to try to give you the best sleep possible within the circumstances of your life. We want you to perform and do your best. And actually, you know, our mission is to feel human potential through optimal sleep. So your potential comes before anything else. We want you to feel fulfilled. But I would, I would probably turn that around. And, and something very interesting that you said is that you mentioned that your workout is very necessary for you in order to not be a pain in the ass the next day. Why the workout and why not sleep? Because actually, sleep <laughs> is more important to your body. You would die sooner of sleep deprivation than food deprivation, right? But we have been, I think, conditioned. I really do think it's conditioned by a lot of what we have consumed in the media and how much research maybe has been done on every different topic and maybe how, how much you, you can actually post on social media, you're working out, you cannot that you're sleeping, right? And you actually see your body change in different ways. And so all of those things have influenced what we believe is most important for our health. You can post a picture of a beautiful meal. You can post a picture of how you're working out and how your body looks, but sleep is actually more important than anything else. And that is another one of the things that's very important for me as we build Eight Sleep is we, it is our job as we're building these solutions to make them be something people desire to embrace in their lives, that they want to adopt this lifestyle. We're not stupid as humans. It's normal the way that we're acting and the way we're prioritizing things. So we just need to find ways to leverage those same instincts that we have, but to build this other new habit, this new lifestyle as something that people actually want as part of their lives. Just make sleep super sexy and that yes. everyone would want to do it the whole time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so speaking of the ability to appeal through the actual, you know, markers that you have, you've got sleep fitness as a big part of what you guys talk about. So please help us unravel what sleep fitness means. Yeah, so sleep fitness actually comes from the same principle of what we were just talking about and the need to give people the language to describe what it means to be healthy in your sleep. When we started the company, you would read all the media, people would talk a lot about sleep deprivation, sleep apnea, insomnia, all of that things about sleep. And you quickly realize, well, if we're not giving each other the language to be able to verbalize, like, either why I'm aspiring to be in my sleep or like how I feel when I feel healthy in my sleep, then you know, if you can't define it, you can't really live it. <laughs> so it's a sort of the, the basis of semiotics in the communications world. So uh, that's why we decided to first create a term and like, just let's coin a term that really describes what we're here for, what we're trying to help you achieve. And the specific term of sleep fitness uh, it reflects what we believe of sleep and what has always been part of our DNA as, as Aid Sleep and as founders, which is sleep is a means to an end, first and foremost. We're not the type of company that's just going to push you to sleep more. We want you to sleep what you need and get the best sleep possible to achieve what you're trying to achieve in your life. Um, the second thing is that we actually believe technology can help you achieve better sleep. Again, technology is not the enemy for us. There are a lot of companies out there in the sleep space that will try to demonize technology, but we don't believe so. I think when properly applied innovation will help us get uh, better sleep and better health. And then the third is that we, we started dissecting how, how could technology help people? And what we have as principles at Eight Sleep is that we should be able to measure it, to optimize it, and help people prioritize it too. And that's what our products do nowadays. And when you look at all of these things around optimization and measurement, we thought, well, this really is like a form of fitness. Sleep is, is a process. It, you are not always sleep fit <laughs> to your point of when you have a, an event tonight or you have a late night. Well, it's normal if for a night you're going to not be sleep fed. You're not, your score's not going to be great. Uh, so it's a process, ups and downs. You can always get back on track. Um, and it also has to become a part of your lifestyle. It's not just an end goal. So we, we love the term. It feels like it really embodies everything that we stand for. And it has that added plus that it also matches really well with that aspect of sort of high performance, which is very much the person that we're speaking to right now and who loves using our products. Yeah, especially right now, I'm all about high performance, as is the Epic Table. But there's also a number of different athletes you have partnered with. Uh, most notably, if you guys follow Formula One, you just go straight to the uh, the homepage of Eight Sleep, and it's got uh, a dude by the name of Lewis Hamilton just straight up there. I'm like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Oh, I guess that's a that's a great way to set the set the bar for uh, performance because you know I, I I know Formula One pretty well, know a couple of drivers and, and their teams, and I, I 
you hear like the amount of like in terms of quantifiable data collection and how dialed uh, dialed in. I think these, these athletes are some of the best dialed in athletes across the world. Partly because you know there's a little bit more money involved in looking after one uh, or two people within the team. And I'm not saying that each team has endless amounts of cash. I'm just saying that they've got this the 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 difference between not point you know between one and twelve can be not point four um, of a second yep. sometimes. So it's like any edge you can have on adjustment of focus, um, anything like of energy preparedness, obviously is huge, and that all is connected to uh, you know your REM sleep even slow wave sleep to an extent, but have, have this role and an ability to uh, adjust, perform, be focused, dialed in and have the right hormones ready to be firing when needed to. So we, we have discussed that before, so we don't know, didn't need to go into it too much, but it is really exciting, particularly as your brand evolves, to see um, some of these these high-profile companies doing wanting to partner to better themselves because then it, everyday legends can then see the benefit as well. If, like, if it's at the top of the game, it's, it's brand equity, but it makes complete complete sense i'm I'm curious as to hear who the first like major partner for you that uh in the sporting world that came along that you were just like that's that's awesome there's been so many uh athletes that we've partnered with and each of them has like a unique story of how we either got connected or, or how they started using the product i think one of the very first one this was actually before we launched the pod which is the product everyone knows us for nowadays but this was pre-pod era, and I remember we got either an email or maybe a DM on Instagram from Danny Green's coach. Uh, Danny is, what, a four-time NBA champion now, and this is when he was still at the Raptors, and he just wanted to use our product. Our product at the time was called the Smart Mattress Cover. It was very different from what we do now in terms of how it looks and its, its actual sort of powerful potential as a, as a computer for your sleep, um, but it was doing a lot of the same things in terms of just tracking your sleep. Um, and so for some reason, I don't know how he found it. He wanted to try it. We sent one out uh, we said, yeah, we'll send it to you for free. And, you know, we were a smaller company back then. So we were not paying anyone. We we're just like, okay, we'll send you the product. And all we ask of you is if you like it, please post a picture with it. And like, let us use the picture on our homepage. And you'd be surprised how many of these amazing athletes would say yes. Um, and it was just so helpful. Right. And eventually probably was a year and a half down the line. We ended up working with Danny once he was at the Lakers right before they won that championship. And he was just such a nice person to work with. And a lot of these athletes are not even, I think not a lot, but the right ones are not necessarily in it for just making more money, right? They're so successful in their careers, but they're truly looking to use innovative products, connect with companies that are becoming the best in their space um, and and support also entrepreneurs that may be growing in their journey. And we've encountered so many like that. Another one that comes to mind is Justin Medeiros, who's the 2021 CrossFit Games champion. Um, before we worked with him, Justin had been using a pod ahead of his win last year. Um, so he was using it. He loved it. And so eventually once he won, his uh, manager reached out and we decided, wow, this is such an amazing story to tell. And we love him. Such an amazing person, such good energy and you know, hopefully he'll win them again this year. And so it's it's just part of also building these relationships where there are people who genuinely want to improve their performance to your point of whether they're organizations or teams or individuals. And those are the people that we want to support in their journey. And no matter how we end up building the relationship, it's something we want to be a part of and that we believe our technology can help them be better. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible to see particularly athletes like you speak to them, they're so keen to support something that helps them. Yeah. Like if something genuinely helps them and gives them the edge, they're so excited to be like talking about it, looking like they're getting the next level up. Like it's it's really incredible. And, you know, both examples of, of pretty phenomenal athletes. Um, I'm, I can only imagine what it was like to actually have that, you know, that connection early on and, you know, what Justin did last year in the CrossFit Games is exceptional. Um, you know, ho- hopefully our boy Noah Olsen has something to say about that. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. That's another that's another conversation as well. But I'm actually curious, when it comes to the Formula 1 athletes, like, did you – do you have a, a portable – because they've got – you know, they travel weekly to different races. Do you have something set up in each of the locations? Is that how it works? Or is it just made for the main home when they live? So we don't have a portable version, but – the teams are already used to traveling with a lot of stuff, which makes it a pretty unique sport to be a part of. 
Um, because of course. conversely to what we've seen, for instance, in the NBA, um, the NBA teams don't travel with as much stuff. And so that made it harder for us to support the, the athletes on the road. Uh, we were able, for instance, to support the Lakers when they were in the NBA bubble in 2020 because they were stationary. Um, and so, yeah, the F1 is pretty unique because they can move them around. Um, one of the interesting things with F1 as a sport that you were mentioning is like there's all of this team behind two drivers, right? And the Mercedes team um, actually has 2,000 people behind these two drivers. It's so crazy. It's there is a lot on the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they really they want to be, be able to deliver on their own part because they know that there is the work of so many people behind them. And sleep is a big component. They have 22 races this year and they're traveling just this past two weeks are insane going from Baku to Canada, then back over uh, to Europe. It's just like insane. Yeah, it's incredible to think as well because um, when you apply the when you apply the benefits associated with sleep in terms of the, you know, the main outputs, like as we said earlier, focus, reaction time, I would put these as the upper skills that you get associated with a great night's sleep because they're more obvious. You know, movement time obviously is associated with that, but me walking down the street, you won't know the difference in my efficiency there versus my reaction time. Um, so when you apply those to the sport of F1, where they've got, you know, 6,000 buttons on this, uh, you know, this steering wheel alone, which more often than not, they're actually adjusting a few times throughout a lap. And then you've got the, the ability to adjust at the speed and all these kind of things. That's where obviously we can see the benefit associated with here. Not to mention that each like 20 something races, as you said, throughout a year, they're all at different time zones. So they're constantly flying and having their circadian rhythm adjusted. So yeah, I can imagine uh, I can imagine someone like I used to do when I used to go on school camps is carrying my pillow everywhere. I can just imagine some legend from the team just carrying the eight sleep around. Yeah. Uh, just and, they, specifically, and a lot of them do the pillow right. too. So, you know, we've also gotten in touch with drivers <laughs> from other teams beyond you know, Mercedes is, is an, an official partner for us, but chatting with a lot of, performance coaches from drivers of other teams and just with drivers and other teams, you just realize very quickly there's a pattern. They will travel with their yeah. stuff and even going to, to the lengths of trying to emulate the scent of home in a hotel room because that can help them fall asleep faster. Olfactory senses, they're absolutely incredible. Side note, we're going to be making that happen at every retail outlet for our chorizo and bolognese, but I'll talk about my team off that, offline with that. That's a, that's a whole other ballgame. But olfactory <laughs> senses, absolutely are critical. So let's talk about the products themselves. So you started, what was the first product you guys started with at Eight Sleep? The very first product is the product that we crowdfunded, and it was a smart, smart mattress cover. So it was a mattress cover with sensors to be able to track things and adjust the temperature, but it was only heating up. Mm. We didn't have either the team or the capital to develop a cooling solution at the time. So it was only heating up each side of the bed individually and doing the tracking, which um, at the time was definitely less accurate than where we are today. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, over time you get degrees of, adjustments over time whether this even the finite things can make a difference so uh okay cool so you can only go one way with it you can only get hotter which if you're someone who's already hot would not have been a benefit to sleep with so it's so funny how it's like um it's like my buddies at super coffee watching their their, their very first cup of branding what that looked like when it first started to now you must be so proud to see the adjustment so when you were able to go both ways with your temperature control i'm sure that was a huge step for you um what was um what, as you said today, the pod is the most dominant part of the brand, you would say. And just talk to me about that product itself. So, yeah, when we knew instantly when we launched the original product that we had to build a solution for cooling. And the reason is we put out a, a survey in a forum where we had all of our backers on crowdfunding. We crowdfunded that first product and we asked them, what would you want us to build to help you sleep better? And there were two um, requests that were significantly much more voted than anything else. And they were at the top of the list. The first was cooling. And the second was a vibrating alarm. And the first one made sense. We had already heard about it a lot as we were doing sort of interviews of people in person and showing them our product and cooling would come up all the time. Sleeping hot and sort of issues with temperature is the number one disruptor, environmental disruptor for sleep. So made sense. We were like, okay, we're going to have to build this. 
Um, and the second one, the vibrating alarm, we were surprised. We just didn't know. And as we asked people follow-ups, like, why do you want this? People would want to primarily use the vibrating alarm because they wake up at a different time from their partner. And the sound alarm is really disruptive oh. when their partner puts it and they still don't have to wake up. Right. And it just was like an aha moment of like, this is just so simple, but it makes so much sense. And when you fast forward now, our product does both things and people love both things. Um, so we know we do all the complicated part of the tracking and your health tracking and your sleep tracking in order to be able to wake you up at the right time and in order to be able to cool you down or warm you up when you need it. But what people really remember is this thing keeps me cool and this thing wakes me up in the most delightful way possible. That's pretty funny. And I'm sure there's many couples or at least one half a couple listening in right now, unless you're in a car um, or you're listening to this in your office space with your partner. It is interesting to think about the amount of times people are like, oh, if only I've had this ability to not wake up when my partner gets up early and I really want to apologize to Milena because the amount of time I get up early to do my workouts, reading time, whatever it is, and she loves her sleep as everyone does. But um, wow, this could save marriages. I don't know if you knew you guys knew that. <laughs> this could be a whole this could be a whole new publicity campaign. So um, how does that work? Like is it a vibration of like the section of the mattress? Like is that what it is? Correct. Yeah. So we basically have the pod designed to personalize each side of the bed. And if you sleep mm -hmm. alone, you can also just treat the whole piece as one section. So when you, you download the eight sleep app, you onboard, you create your profile, you tell it all these things. So, you know, we're able to really personally station as the core of it is one of the things we really identified for, for sleep because um, we sort of pretend to tell people like, here's a formula, here's what you have to do. And like, you know, do you wear socks? Do you not? Do you use this comfort or not? In reality, everyone is so different. So um, that's what happens with the temperature. Each side of the bed can be controlled. It changes throughout the night. You give it feedback. It learns. And then with the alarm, each side of the bed can have a separate vibrating alarm of different intensity levels because there are people that are more or less sensitive. And it just sort of vibrates around your chest level. And so you will really feel it. Um, in, and it's just positioned in a, in a place where like you're, whether you're on your side or your back or your stomach, you're, you're going to feel the vibration. This is um this is awesome and I just question did you just say if you wear wear socks to bed like is that actually one of the questions so like if that's one of the questions I feel like it's going to be like a twenty one question game when you first get it just to truly like if that if that's a question that my bed wants to know about me to understand <laughs> the best sleep and wake up protocol I'm absolutely curious as what the other twenty are going to be yeah, yeah you know like yeah. That, that is, no, that it's is, mainly uh, around your wow. it's mainly the questions that it'll ask you are more around how you want your bed to feel and how you tend to feel um but these are okay. questions that we hear people ask all the time and you know just yeah, go and search anything around sleep on google and you will find all mm. sorts of articles pretending to tell people exactly what they should do on any topic as a blanket statement and it's just not true. We find now that even just looking at our data, when you look at um, the profiles of whether people sleep at certain temperature ranges, right? You can notice by regions are different and by regions in the country or even in the world now that we distribute globally, but also by gender, male and female will feel very different. We hear a lot of women who will want to wear socks to bed because they tend to feel colder. Like it's just so fascinating that the personalization aspect has sort of been lost in how we talk about these things in our health and we just want to tell people just go sleep eight hours and use an alarm or don't use an alarm and what type of alarm uh, well each of us kind of has you have to test and you have to find your own formula yeah well i mean if we're looking at health continuously through the lens of bio individuality and we do that through food we do that through you know personal practices of exercise uh, social constructs everything and sleep is without a doubt probably one of the most pivotal parts questionably um of our health then of course we do have to look at it individually in terms of how we prepare ourselves um in uh you know lying lying vertical i guess or horizontal rather um mm -hmm. i actually can fun fact i can sleep standing up i have this thing where i'll be my friends know this, like all my good friends, when I, we go out to like dinner or something, if it hits like 10 p.m. and there's no dancing, I I will fall asleep at the table. And it's just because my That's heart impressive. drops so low. 
yeah, it's 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 a good and a bad thing because if someone's having a very serious conversation with you, it can be really like you know, seems like I'm inconsiderate. But it's just it's just my heart rate just dropping so uh, down that it has to be um, yeah. It's like, dude, you need to go chill. Or we have this new rule where we just get up and start you know bopping around for three minutes, which is kind of weird when you're inside a restaurant and there's no music. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, uh, I actually have a serious question here. So I I have this fear of. Uh, missing a meeting or missing an appointment or whatever it is, um, you know, obviously the most obvious one is uh, missing an early flight. So do you find that people to get used to the vibrations are setting an alarm after the vibration time just to make sure they wake up? Is it like a gradual stage? You know, I'm just thinking, I'm only thinking myself like, is a vibration really going to wake me up? Am I going to wake up at like 1am in the morning concerned about not waking up in time? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good question. I don't know the specific numbers on how many people in addition to that use another, uh, sort of wake up mechanism. Obviously not, but like, have you ever had any feedback on that? Has anyone said like, Hey, by the way, I just want to let you know I still. Surprisingly not, which I would have thought, uh, that, that, that people would feel that, but the, I believe the reason why not is because we can pair with the pod, the vibration with a temperature change. And okay. it would be really rare if a fluctuation in temperature wouldn't wake you up just because of how our bodies work. So what happens is in the pod, you have these sort of four faces of the night, the main faces through which temperature is fluctuating on your pod because it's what your body needs in order for you to stay comfortable. We sort of like match those, right? And everyone ends up create, having their own profile and we have this autopilot algorithm that will change it for you throughout the night. And the last phase is the phase where you can determine if you want to try the pod going hotter or colder than where you are previously. And so if your alarm is at 6 a.m., come 5.50, 5.55, you may start already, like your body's from the inside out waking up because of that temperature change. In my case, for instance, I turn it to be colder and the cold oh. just wakes me up. Like I just, I can't keep sleeping if I'm feeling really cold. Um, and some people will want it warmer because they'll get really uncomfortable and they'll wake up. So that's another sort of interesting thing that we use to what we call, we describe as like aiding you in your wake up. It's really aiding your body in a process that it'll naturally do. That's so interesting when you consider the fact that to get to sleep, cold is the environment that your bedroom and everything should be in just so that you're um, temperature of your core temperature drops a little bit. So for you, if that actually wakes you up, it's again an, an exercise demonstrating how important it is to have uh, a form of um, a, a mattress or technology that would enlighten something that's best for your practices. Because yeah, like obviously when we wake up, we have a number of things that um, are, are triggered, and you've got obviously cortisol, you've got obviously uh, the build up or the start to build up of. Um, peristalsis, which bowel movements and all these kind of things that start to get your muscles hotter uh, yep. just naturally. So that's what gets me up in the morning, just naturally that that you know um, that movement. So again, it's it's such an interesting point to discuss, considering um, everyone is different. So yep. um, cool. And so with the markers themselves, what are the key markers? Obviously, you got HIV. You do have temperature. Are there any other markers within? I'm sure there's plenty now, but uh, you started off with temperature. What do you got now? Where, where are you guys up to? What the pod tracks is your presence in bed, your time of sleep, the quality of your sleep, so your different sleep phases, REM, deep, light mm-hmm. sleep, uh, respiratory rate, heart rate at rest, heart rate variability. And now we also track not through the sensors on the bed itself, but our members are able to add into the eight sleep app, any form of, of sort of activities that they had during the day. So did you meditate? Did you go running? And through all this information, we provide those correlations. We're also integrated with third party platforms. So there's a lot of um, companies that allow for that sort of integration, which is fantastic for the user because at the end of the day, you're able to see correlations across data sets. So we can see if you did Peloton and how did that influence your sleep or vice versa. So the whole world of sort of individual health data is becoming really, really interesting for for the user itself and like empowering us to have more information. Yeah, it's incredible. The more markers that we can have and have access to for ourselves, the further we'll get in most accurate uh, outcome for our personal health in general. So um, that's really, really, really incredible. So what's next then? What have you guys got coming up that uh, is there an extra additional marker 
um, of awesomeness that I don't even know about yet that uh, you're unlocking? You know, more than extra markers, we've been doing a lot of work on validating the improvement that um, the, the impact and the improvement in sleep really that our products bring. Um, so that has been like a pretty substantial amount of work because again, that's how we measure our success as a company and our ability to actually mm. impact your life in a positive way. And so we see that you know, there's a clinical sleep quality metric that will show that people who sleep on the pod uh, will see an increase of up to 32%, but we also see an average increase in your HRV of 6%. There's a group of people that see up to 15. Uh, we see more deep sleep. We see people falling asleep faster. Um, so that has been like an amazing journey because we've known anecdotally people talk about this. You go on Twitter, you search it up, you'll see people saying, well, look at my Whoop or my Aura data or my Apple Watch data before and after the pod. And so they sort of knew it, but we wanted to be able to prove it um, in, in a clinical way. And the other thing is a lot of improvements in um, the accuracy of the tracking, right? Like you can't do one without the other. So there's been a huge, huge amount of work in terms of the algorithms and what we do is, is contactless. Uh, you know, you're not wearing anything. So it's really hard, but we find it to be uh, the best way to really build a, a blueprint of your own health data because the retention is so high. You are really sleeping on the pod every night unless you're traveling. So you get to understand your body so much better and build uh, really good trends about what's happening in your health. So a lot of focus on that and, and some other new product innovations too we're working on. So there will be some new things coming out soon. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I find it interesting. Like uh, you know, after after having Will I met on from Whoop and, and also Harpreet Wright at the time when he was CEO of um, of Aura, it's really interesting understanding the different, I guess, scientific associations with the products themselves. And you know, you just mentioned it's like you're not you're not sleeping, you're not touching the pod every single uh, minute of the day. Like you've got Aura, you've got Whoop, which have those capabilities, but you also have to charge them. Uh, so they've got you know that that associated with them. But it is. It is incredible to see how that part of technology is truly is truly evolving, um, and I just wanted to feel like I I think the access to sleep is now not only quantifiable but actionable. So we're now going from you know you, you guys talk about the fact that you're here to get the best quality sleep for the amount of hours that you are able to give, right? So yeah. eight sleep because of the eight hours is how the business name came about. Um, but some people only able to have six. Well, okay, if that's the case, you need the best six hours that you can. And that's through all these numbers of parameters and markers that you guys are doing your studies on. So I find that honestly really, really incredible. And I, I look forward to the day that uh, all airlines have eight sleep in their sections to make sure we all fall asleep amazingly, particularly on our flights to Australia, which can be 20 hours oh, wow. uh, plus. So there's an idea for you to pop into your head next time that uh, Boeing is looking to re uh, and you know you can re re, re, re oh, how to develop their product line uh, within their bed, bed bed line as well. So um, that's truly exciting. So well, I just want to say, Alex, it was, it was awesome to have you here today. Uh, as you can tell, I'm deeply fascinated by the the merger of sleep performance and actually action. Uh, so I just want to say on behalf of the EpiTable audience, my team at the EpiTable, we just want to say thank you. And what's the best way to get in touch with you? Twitter, probably. Find us on Twitter, whether it's myself or Mateo or 8sleep. We're pretty active there. So we always love to chat about anything, sleep, high performance or health. Yeah, we'll put your uh, we'll put your your a wonderful handle in the show notes. Can I just say what is going on with Twitter? Twitter, like five years ago, was not a thing, and like ever since Elon Musk did his whole situation, it's like everyone's like, "Yeah, I'm on Twitter now." I'm like, "What? <laughs> really? Cool." I I have a Twitter account that I honestly haven't used, and it's a decent following. I should probably start using it now. So you should. I might start tweeting. I start. You and I might start having conversations on Twitter, just talking exactly. about, "Hey, just letting you know." My sleep last night was a pretty solid <laughs> one. Cheers. Appreciate you. <laughs> Share your score. Anyway, mate. You're exactly right. We well, appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll be uh, making sure I hit you up when I'm in Miami. <laughs>